This is the show where we pair the perfect beverage with the events in our lives. This is Let's Drink About It. Welcome to Let's Drink About It. This is a show where we proceed from the premise that every life event has an appropriate uh, cocktail pairing or a perfect cocktail pairing. Let's say perfect. I'm Benjamin R. Harrison. I'm Chris Bowman. And that's our lovely and talented guest, Samuel Hansen. Samuel Hansen in the Toronto studio. Yes, in the Toronto studio. It's a very nice looking studio. Yeah. All kinds of like egg cartons all over the walls to uh, dampen the sound. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> Which, Which is uh, why it sounds like a, a cheese cave. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sam, welcome to the uh, show. Thank you. Thank Sam, you. Sam, you may know from the smash hit uh, Acme Science Podcasting Network and specifically Relatively Prime. Sam's here, actually, working at cross-purposes with me to promote <laughs> his Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, our, our timing on that was really spectacular, but, but they kind of... Don't they, tell they... me about timing, Sam. There's another Space Elevator documentary <laughs> on Kickstarter, okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I was no. going to say, well, we don't need to... And they're based out of Brooklyn, so... Oh, no. Oh, but no. both of ours are kind of science-y. Yeah. Uh, so, like, just think, you're I doing... I think there's a lot of crossover interest potential in all of these things. Exactly. I mean, uh, mathematicians are known for drinking a lot, uh, and math and <laughs> science they? go together very well. Yes, mathematicians drink a, a lot. So, a lot. I wonder if there's, like, a, a list of professions where, you know, writers are known to drink a lot, and mathematicians are known to drink a lot, and what else? Who other? Who uh, other? I, think, I think the secret might be everyone. Yeah. That's <laughs> Construction workers are known to drink a lot, and... Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I didn't hopefully, interrupt. Uh, hopefully not like airline pilots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I'm the only one, uh, Sam did point out earlier, I'm the only one that uh, does not have a Kickstarter, <laughs> an active Kickstarter going. So maybe yeah. I should well, start Well, maybe one. we should just talk about that. <laughs> Raise your hand if you don't, aren't attempting to get money out of everybody. <laughs> well, we can assume we're, we're, we're uh, you know, I still need your money. You all know that. Um but but Sam also needs your money, so let's <laughs> talk about let's talk about this relatively prime situation. Uh, relatively prime is uh, a podcast of stories from the mathematical domain, uh, and if that doesn't interest you, just think you could hear eight episodes just featuring this voice. Wow, that's that's. Where do uh, I? I'm can sold I just, right there. Can I just stuff money into your pockets? <laughs> is that cool? Well, uh, I I will let you know there are multiple different uh, levels where you can just get me talking for you. Right. Yeah. Like, what I'll do you just... guys do about stuffing money in people's pockets in Canada? Because I feel I mean like <laughs> I don't know I don't know from strippers, <laughs> but I know that like one dollar bills are a major part of the situation. Look, I the. Part of the huge uh, so what discussion. Do you, do? you throw well, coins at them? This is, this is part of the huge discussion when we sw made the switch to dollar and two dollar coins. Was like, what are we going to do about the strippers? You know, because we're <laughs> going to injure, we're going to injure them. I uh, mean, and Canada is also kind of famous for its strippers, right? Are they? I think Quebec <laughs> is. Quebec, yeah. yeah. I, but I don't. I I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I I do imagine that uh, there's a lot of. It sounds like it's raining money on stage. <laughs> I'm sorry. Does, doesn't, doesn't Quebec just use the euro? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. No, they don't. I know that for a fact. I don't know why I said I don't think so. I know they don't. Um, um, but relatively prime, I was a backer of the first season. And yeah, I thank you very out, much for that. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam. Was there, there was like a discussion of like units of death? Yes, uh, yes. The micro mort. 
Wow. A micromort. Now, what is a micromort? A micromort is a one in a million chance of a sudden death. So if if there's two micromorts, that, does that mean one in half a million chance uh, of death? Yeah, essentially. I'd say two in one million because oh, okay. the, just the term micro. But right. yes. But yes, yeah. you can, you can reduce it. You you understand fractions well. Can I can I just what, what uh, would what uh, would the um, what would the number of micromorts of listening to Let's Drink About It be? I mean, I, there's a chance of death, right? So that you I, die while listening. I actually it hasn't happened asked, yet to our knowledge. <laughs> uh, I actually asked David Spiegelhalter that I believe when I interviewed him for a different show of mine. Uh, like, what is the chance that someone would die? during uh during listening to the podcast and he said that uh there probably is negligible risk associated with listening to an interview math podcast right now a podcast about drinking on the other hand different different yeah. uh <laughs> variables in that equation yeah uh so i'm guessing i mean the micromort uh for taking ecstasy which is well known for being the same as the amount uh for just riding a horse uh for uh, 30 minutes, I believe it was. Uh, so yes, ecstasy. <laughs> there is a, what? Ecstasy and equity. Taking ecstasy and riding a horse, exactly the same thing. <laughs> sure. Uh, Except it doesn't work so well in nightclubs. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've, it, I, I'm pretty sure you could bring a horse into a nightclub and people would go pretty Maybe crazy. Ladies 54. love that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Who's uh, the man on that attractive steed? So, so I'm guessing if, if they are drinking the cocktail, it probably wouldn't be that different. So that was seven micromorts uh, yeah. for taking some ecstasy. Hmm. I have to th say, I think it would probably be kind of hard to actually drink the cocktails while listening to the show. I've never like had the opportunity to be in the position of the listener where, you know, like I would listen and then pause and right. make the drink, you know, look in, in the show notes for the recipe, make the drink and then press play when we're actually drinking them. Mm hmm. Sounds kind of fun, though. It does sound like fun, actually. Let's uh, let's get that going, people. So, so next yeah. episode, though, that I am not on, I will right. try that. Okay. Oh, that, that'd we've be got, great. We've got at least well, one. Yeah. I, no, I, note I, to self, pick really expensive and hard to find <laughs> alcohol for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. I will have to run a second Kickstarter. Uh, I, I, <laughs> uh, well, tell us about some of the uh, some of the cool stuff people can get. Uh, so, uh, if you support the Kickstarter, as, uh, at, if you give me a ton of money, you know, this is my yeah. personal favorite, you can get me for a day. You literally, I will travel to wherever you are and do anything legal for the whole day. Which is kind of like what's happening here today, except I did pay no money and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's only illegal activity after the mic goes off. Uh, but what, what, how do you define legal? Like if I went to Colorado in, and smoked in the pot jurisdiction with you, I mean, that's that, illegal federally. <laughs> Uh, in the jurisdiction that I am currently residing, okay. uh, and uh, depending on the enforcement regime that's actually used by the federal government. Wow, that could be really interesting, listeners. I mean, I think you take this to the full extent. You <laughs> have to parse some of this math. It seems complicated. <laughs> uh, and, but beyond that, uh, I'm going to be putting together a paper zine. Uh, yeah. featuring stories and like illustrations, maybe some comics uh, from people that I know. They'll all be math-based. Uh, you can get nice. a video journal. Uh, you can uh, just know that giving me just a little bit of money, the tiniest amount of money you have, will help uh, bring mathematical stories to the masses, uh, given that most people seem to dislike math for some reason that I don't fully understand. Well, uh, I'm in the camp of people that I had some talent with math uh, at some point 
in my, you know, and I took oh. geometry in high school and did fine. And then I, was, I took algebra uh, two and I had a professor, a uh, teacher who was, you know, uh, a nightmare woman. And yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. I was in the and camp I, that was you across know, the lake. She just killed my confidence, I think. I was in the camp that was across the lake that were outcasts, like the leper colony of uh, uh, math understanding. So you're the ones that told, <laughs> stole my panties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made the raid. That's right. Yeah. Just like, like, uh, uh, yeah, well, anyway. But I feel like I could have been mathematically inclined, but I'm not. So, like, what, am, what, am, what do I care about your show? Well, uh, maybe you want to know about the computer that defeated the game of checkers. And the person who <laughs> programmed that computer and his weird, uh, almost psychotic obsession with beating uh, the best chess grandmaster of all time. And then the subsequent death and almost precognition uh, artificial intelligence that seemed to happen at one point. I mean, those are all in that story. There's, it, there's yeah. hubris, wow. there's God, there's death, there is mathematics. It's everything that a good story needs. No, like yeah. I, I, as I just explained, was terrible at math, and I think my confidence was uh, crushed early on. You know, um, but so you know the things you're just saying right now. I mean, you just have to have an interest in anything. You just take an interest. You know, I mean, because that is all fascinating. And like the episode that I was listening to, I was telling you, I was listening to about the um, or one plus one uh, equals two. In the last series, uh, I mean, it's just fascinating stories about learning math, and that, and then for me, you know, like things like the Khan Academy and and things like that, which you know help kids at a very early age, uh, you know, are interesting to somebody that doesn't know much math. So, and and really, essentially, what I try to do with any of the shows is tell a human story. Mm -hmm. I want there to be math in it, but the human story is what what will make people want to listen and will m want to bring people back for more as, and then if you can introduce math slowly underneath the humanity of it, mm -hmm. then you, people who don't have confidence, people who say that they hate mathematics will still be able to engage in the story itself. When you, when you, like you have a master's degree in math, you were saying yes. maths. Maths no, for the UK math. Maths. No, no. I've, I've been I've been a part of the Math Maths podcast. That was a podcast that I was a co-host of, and I was on the math side. Okay. Well, I'm just saying I will be on the math side for the UK quotient of the listenership. <laughs> um, and can you do uh, the rest part of the whatever bit you're starting in Scottish? I <laughs> <laughs> um, now yeah, I forgot my say maths in Scottish. <laughs> I don't know if I can say maths. I mean, it's, yeah, no, no, everyone, no. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, I, I lost my train of thought now. Um, oh man, I lost what I was saying. I'm sorry. Where, I, that where, was my fault. Where do we? Where do we? Uh, where? What were we? Confidence, human stories. Oh, oh yeah. So you have a you have a masters in mathematics, and I'm just curious if when you look around the room, do you see in like uh, the matrix vision, like just zeros and ones, you know, and, and you're processing <laughs> numbers all the time? Uh, no. You see spiral no, patterns not, everywhere. Not at all. I'm um, I'm not. I'm not too much of a visual uh, mathematician mm -hmm. and I not really. So see, there you go. I didn't know that was a thing. So a uh, quick secret uh, to everyone who has ever been interested. Mathema mathematicians can't do arithmetic. They can't. They're fundamentally <laughs> incapable of it. It's, it's actually quite amazing. Once you go to school long enough, if you get asked to multiply or divide two numbers, you're just like, I need a piece of paper and a pen or even better yet, hand me my phone or a calculator. Right. Um, but I, I can tell you all sorts of things about uh, graphs, which are not the graphs that you are thinking of when I say graphs. Uh, okay. <laughs>
I was going to say for your zine, you should uh, include, uh, I don't know if you've seen the, uh, I think it's an inactive Twitter account, uh, Important Graphs, at Important Graphs. Oh, I, I think I followed that at one point. <laughs> important, important charts. Important charts. Important <laughs> Excuse charts. Excuse you. <laughs> Excuse you and me. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, that was uh, a short-lived project of mine that uh, in which I would attempt to come up with amusing anecdotes that I could express in chart form. And then I had two two <laughs> critical failures in the system. One was that I discovered that the New York Times magazine had a important chart in it every week. And, <laughs> and uh, I was exquisitely embarrassed that I'd come up with the exact same name for my very similar idea. Uh, and number two was I lost the little notebook that I was drawing the charts in. So... <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows where it is i'm sure some somebody found it and just thinks that the biggest idiot in the world uh, <laughs> so so i up. i want to spend uh today announcing the rollout of my awesome lines on paper project i found this notebook and i'm going to be tweeting out pictures from it okay uh and and there are these things that like represent with lines stuff that uh happens in every day yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just That's, found this notebook uh, on the oh, ground. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to be able to throw my full support behind that project. <laughs> um, listen, well, it, I don't want to uh, break away from. We can always come back to the Kickstarter. It's, we'll... it's 100 fun. I'm mildly uncomfortable that this seems to be the serious and most like education-based episode of this ever. <laughs> okay, fuck. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break it. I'm gonna, we're gonna break from that right now because Thank something you. we haven't. Let's talk about farts or something. <laughs> oh, wait, we got something. We're gonna talk about something uh, that uh, comes after farts. Um, and... Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because during during uh, Ben's recent visit to Toronto, uh, I took him on uh, Chris's. Tr <laughs> listen, yeah, this is a, listen. Just stick with me follow me here uh i took him on like um my my greatest hits of toronto so we went to a restaurant and uh had some food and uh then we went from there to my local bar which i've spoken about before called pharmacy and uh, on the way back from pharmacy to the house um the final greatest hit was uh <laughs> we walked past the house and there's a, a sign there's a driveway you know it's right off of king street there's a little driveway the you know two-car driveway and at the back there's a sign that uh, reads something to the effect of, um, please, no pissing or shitting. This is not a toilet. And I point... Because I point, it's, like, it's like a driveway that's off kind of like a street yeah, that so people would walk between bars on. Yeah. I and mean, it's like, you know, a little bit dark back there, I guess. It's, it seems it's a good, like maybe the guys confronted some issues with that. Well, uh, you remember that, you know, I was like, go take a look at that sign. Go read what that sign says. So Ben kind of ventures up. And as he, he walks to it, there's a, a motion sensor light that comes on. And as it does that the owner of or the the tenant whoever put the sign up was walking from the shed in the back and he's got a corona in his hand and he starts to explain why the sign is there he's like yeah you wouldn't believe it like ben first of all almost <laughs> took a shit in the driveway because it scared the shit out of him uh yeah. and then he, the driver's so it really the, backfired for that guy <laughs> <laughs> the owner the owner says um you wouldn't believe uh i came out one day and there was a shit bigger than my foot on the driveway <laughs> <laughs> And at this, but right then, like, you know, because we thought we were going to get in trouble. And then right away, Ben and I are just like almost in tears laughing. And um, <laughs> and so he, I guess he must have set up a camera, a security camera. And he said, and you know who I found doing it was a lady from the neighborhood. 
who he knew. He knew this woman and he had to tell her off. He he went to her and said, don't shit in my driveway. So uh, not to paint too bad of a picture of the neighborhood I live in. It's a great neighborhood. You know, you know Canadians and their reputation for for being confrontational. <laughs> yeah. I could not believe this. I've, if if this had been, if this had been Brooklyn, the guy probably would have been chasing me with a junkyard dog or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, sorry, eh? But do you mind not taking a shit in my yard? <laughs> I wouldn't want to offend you, but um, yeah, I saw. Yeah. I, I couldn't help but notice on my security footage that you took a shit in my driveway, eh? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, that uh, was uh, that was the um, basically the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so funny. if you live in the neighborhood where I live, you could just go just shit in multiple yards. <laughs> well, There's just plenty of yards that don't have anyone living in that bombed out houses that are there you know what we'll yeah. use that well, wait we'll use that's that. a great transition yeah we'll use you. that we'll take we'll use that right now is our uh jumping off point into your uh your event this week sam what uh what's been happening in your life uh well i just moved from madison to detroit to move in with my girlfriend amazing so yeah. you moved from madison to detroit is what uh i believe you said uh, over email was yep. that, that uh, the big event was and i mean the bigger event is moving with your girlfriend let's be <laughs> honest but uh detroit that's a pretty big move uh, i mean in terms of what you're getting into but we'll we'll get into it we'll <laughs> get it it seems like you might know things that i don't but we'll get we'll, <laughs> what uh, i'm getting into we'll uh we'll get into that we'll expand later yes. ben how about you what's been happening with you this week uh my thing this week is uh repairing a table with my father well that sounds like a a bonding moment a good old bonding moment. Yeah. Entirely uh, how about you, Chris? What's, what's your thing? Um, I ate horse meat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I ate horse meat too. Yeah, actually, we'll get into why I ate horse meat uh, later on. <laughs> it's something to do with because you ate it. Okay, Sam, uh, we're going to tell you what you're drinking first because you are the distinguished guest. Um, you're drinking something called the Hummer, um, which, <laughs> yeah, which, uh, Wait a second. Uh, yeah, uh, didn't we, did we already have a drink called the Hummer? I swear we did, but maybe not. Um, no. uh, anyway, I so would remember that. Well, well, I'll give you the, uh, wait, isn't the Hummer a sex move? It is. It's also a vehicle you drive. I don't know why your mind went to the, the gutter, but, uh, okay. Jeez. Congrats on that. Maybe one it was of, all this one, talk about pooing in driveways. And also, uh, <laughs> one of those two things results in a liquid, one doesn't. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so the Hummer, it's an ounce and a half of light rum, uh, an ounce and a half of Kahlua. And get ready for it, because we're making a return to a, a, a at least a host favorite, co-host favorite, two scoops of vanilla ice cream. Oh, mama. Yep. A couple of ice cubes, and you're going to blend and serve in, uh, well, it specifies a seven and a half ounce glass. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's what you're going to be having, Sam, and uh, I couldn't be more excited. I, can't, I couldn't be more excited to give you the Hummer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an expensive automobile, Chris. Do you really have <laughs> the kind of money? <laughs> no. uh, Chris, uh, for you, very on the nose with the name this week. Uh, but your cocktail is called the horse's neck. Mm-hmm. This is one and a half ounces of bourbon, a dash of bitters. Uh, this is recommending old fashioned bitters from Fee Brothers. Uh, peel of 
a whole lemon, preferably all in one piece, which is going to be <laughs> a little bit tricky, I guess, but it can be done. It's all right. Then, it's four uh, o'clock. It's four o'clock on a Monday. I've got uh, all my faculties about me, so I can. Oh, yeah. I think I can do it. Uh, and then four ounces of uh, spicy ginger beer. Um, <laughs> so you're going to put the bitters, bourbon, and lemon peel into a highball glass, fill it with ice, and top it with the ginger beer. Um, and jiggle the glass lightly to combine. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually, and uh, not to derail the recipe section of the show, but um, it's a point I've been wanting to make on the show for a long time, and I always forget. Uh, you know when you go to a bar and you get a highball or uh, a mixed drink and there's a, a red straw in it? Mm-hmm. Usually there's two, right? Mm-hmm. So when I took a bartending class back in back in the heady days of my youth, uh, they told me if you're serving a drink to a gentleman, put one straw. Uh, if you're serving a drink to a lady, put two straws. The reason behind this is the gentleman doesn't want to sip out of the straw. He just wants to stir, stir his drink yeah. and get rid of the straw. The ladies might be wearing lipstick and they don't want to get lipstick all over their glass. So two straws gives you enough volume Isn't that to... Something? to drink out of ever since then it's like the only thing i can focus on when i go to a bar and get a mixed drink because i always get two straws and i'm like hey who the fuck do you think i am well you you know i think you have the appropriate response because whenever i offer uh do you want a straw <laughs> no <laughs> no it's like dude just relax it's a straw you know i mean you, you can yeah. say no thank you and i'm not going to think that you're less or more of a man because of it yeah that was also kind of, I don't know, like a weird sexist thing to like, like make that big of a difference over it. But yeah, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I thought it was like an interesting practical development, maybe from a time when straws were more expensive or something and like hanging on to that one mm-hmm. every time you serve a guy a drink, like actually was, you know, something a bartender would think about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyways, well, okay. on. well, we'll go to your drink from there. We'll go to uh, a drink uh, called Leave It to Me. Um, it's two ounces of gin, a quarter ounce of lemon juice, a teaspoon of raspberry syrup, and a few drops of maraschino. It just said a few drops of maraschino. I'm assuming liqueur or maraschino. Yeah, yeah. there's no way that's not maraschino liqueur. Right. Um, so combine with ice, uh, shake and strain uh, into a glass and add ice. All righty. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Let's uh, fucking... This is a <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see this. I have uh, a very, very pink drink. Wow. Look, look at that. that feel. Look, look at that horse's neck. I don't know if that was the <laughs> size of lemon that they meant when they said that <laughs> in the weird. recipe I was there, like, Chris. I was like, because Sam peeled this, and I said, dude, that is a, a fucking massive peel. Like, is the whole peel supposed to be there? He's like, yeah, well, you also bought the world's largest lemon, so... <laughs> Yeah, that is like a, if I served that at a fucking bar, I would get <laughs> kicked out. <laughs> oh, this is this this is the most dangerous drink that's ever existed in the oh, entire yeah. world. See, I, I I made three of these because Paul, uh, my roommate, just came home and uh, decided to make one for each of us. Um, it it also the, uh, uh, separates. Oh well, a bit. I'll oh, try not separated? to be too offended then, Chris, that you made the drink that you picked out for Sam for yourself instead of the drink that I picked out for you. 
I made. What are you talking about? I made. I made a horse's <laughs> neck too. Really good. Yeah, this is ridiculously good. It's like a, it's definitely a vacation drink, though. You know, it's a. It might have separated, so you need to give it a little stir. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but this. Uh, I don't know. It's the dessert drink is uh, <laughs> is kind of where it's at. Yeah. The the other ice cream drink that we had was the boozy root beer float, and that was. Uh, right. I saw winner. one on a menu the other day that was called a, what the hell was it called? I think it was called a Canadian, uh, Canadian dark and stormy or something like that. Canadian dark and stormy. Did they just put a lot of maple syrup in it? Was it, was, it, dressed, uh, was it, was it dressed in maple, denim? All denim? Maple soft serve in oh. uh, ginger beer with rum. Oh man. That's sounds pretty happening. sounds pretty good, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very sorry that I didn't make my uh life event. I'm driving to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I probably mean, would have gotten that to be honest. Yeah, th- mm. this is this is fantastic, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, sorry, what was it called again? Chris, you have a you have a maple soft serve that, that just comes <laughs> out of the tap in Canada. Yeah, right? no, there's like two there's two there's a cold water and maple soft serve. We don't get yeah. hot water I, in Canada. I guess I guess I probably would have been better off going to where Ben is where he probably would have handmade some maple yeah, ice cream sure. because he makes everything by sure. hand. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Fairly uh, likely. Uh, but this, um, yeah, the, the spicy ginger beer, man, ginger beer in anything, really. Yeah. Cere- in breakfast cereal. That's right? all you need. Yeah. Just dump so some good. booze into some ginger beer. That's all the cocktail you ever need. <laughs> no, I, just saying, just saying. I feel we're missing some. Just saying, in cereal? Well, you know, anything. Anything. It, it's, <laughs> ginger beer is great. I love ginger beer. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, want, I want you to have some Rice Krispies with ginger beer, just some extra carbonation. <laughs> Something I learned on Revenge of the Nerds. Tell us, about, uh, tell us about moving to the D, yeah. Mr. Hansen. So um, last Monday, so a week ago today, um, for those of you who have no idea when this is being recorded, uh, I packed up uh, all of almost all of my worldly possessions into mm-hmm. my 1997 pink dodge neon with red door because amazing so great no no human should have a car that's just one color no yeah uh and so i parked don't limit yourself packed up everything (laughs) in in my neon i finished packing up around 7 30 or so realized that if i drove my car during the day i was a death hazard uh because the only way i could see a car in my blind spot is if they had their headlights on Um, (laughs) decided to uh i guess i'll just surprise my girlfriend and then drove to detroit from Madison. Nice. I got there at 5 a.m. What kind of a drive is that? Sorry, how long? Uh, well, I left around 8. There's a few stops, and I got there at 5 a.m., but there's a change, so it took me about eight hours. Hmm. Wow. Uh, it's between seven and eight-hour drive, and I left at night after waking up at, like, six in the morning. It's, and, it's and, you're, and you're a man that drinks decaf, if memory serves. Yes, yes, decaf only. I had, uh, Are you serious? I had... I didn't drink any coffee on the trip, but I did have multiple no caffeine beverages during that trip. Wait, so yeah. you you were just telling me that before you drank alcohol, um, coffee was your thing. Was coffee it, is still like, but but was it always decaf? I I gave up caffeine on my nineteenth birthday. I mean, wow. I love that you were into it enough to give it up at nineteen. <laughs> uh, I could I could probably do an entire like year long storytelling podcast that all I would do <laughs> is talk about the different types. And amounts of caffeine I would ingest between the ages of maybe eight and nineteen. Whoa, eight? Uh, that eight is would an be, early start. Be like twelve cans of Mountain Dew in a day. Holy <laughs> good God! So did that just <laughs> light your brain on fire? And is that how you uh, became such a uh, 
a brilliant man? Your mind just got sparked by caffeine? Uh, my guess is that I would have actually been smart if I hadn't done that. Well, I mean, maybe it's a good, good thing you did because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he that's too vibrated smart for a frequency that we can all... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so, oh so, yeah, I moved to Detroit. Yeah. So yeah, how, how so, I mean, it's only been a week, but um, yeah. what, what's your general sense? Because, I mean, how obviously... How many times have you been shot? Oh, uh, come on. So Detroit is I amazing. I can only say that because I grew up in Oakland where lots You've been of shot? Get shot. <laughs> so uh, Detroit gets a really bum rap. Uh, Detroit mm-hmm. has been my favorite city in the U.S. for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've been looking for excuses Why to move that? to Detroit. I remember you saying uh, to me a couple of years ago that you wanted to move to Detroit. And I was like, why do you want to move to Detroit? <laughs> yeah. But why, yeah, why has it been your favorite? Uh, so it feels like a city that has actually gone through an apocalypse, but it's rebuilding itself. And the thing about a city that's rebuilding itself from destruction, the people who are there actually want to be there. Right. People, like and they're invested yeah. so, everyone is is fully invested in the city and wants to make it better the people there are nicer than any people i've ever known and i grew up in wisconsin huh well yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so in that first week i mean what's because uh, i think you you gave me there's like a scale of like like a danger scale of neighborhoods and you're like, yeah, this one's a seven and i and yep. I, yeah so so yeah out of 10 in the united states 10 being the worst uh I think mine's rated a seven or an eight. But what does that mean exactly? How do it, they measure that? It doesn't really mean any. I mean, it's going off of the FBI crime statistics. I mean, the, so the FBI calls up every year all of the local police and like state and everyone police departments, and they report their crime statistics. And then, so this is looking at in, instances of crime in the neighborhood that I live in. And so it's it's ranked as dangerous. I walk around at all hours of the day. Do okay. not feel the least bit of danger. Okay. Well, what about I, your girlfriend, though? Yeah. Um, at dusk or at night, she would probably not walk around by herself. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she, I mean, she, I, I just my, moved to my a girlfriend's a long distance runner and she runs Detroit regularly. Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a good skill to have if anybody uh, decides to chase you, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I told her. Like, you can just keep running. Like, you, you yeah. can run marathons. Just keep going. Eventually, they'll fall off. I had a, uh, a history teacher in, um, in middle school uh, who, uh, who was a marathoner, and at one point he told me that his fantasy was to see somebody get their perch snatched, purse snatched, and he would run after the assailant, <laughs> and just like, they would, there was nothing they could do to outrun him, <laughs> which is kind of a beautiful, uh, beautiful mental image. I've always wanted to make a short film about that, That's just a good like idea. the guy in like weird jogging shorts, just like relentlessly never stops chasing after this thief like you start hating the thief but by the end you've got to have a little sympathy for him because he just cannot get away from this fucking this fucking history teacher that is a good idea you should have a kickstarter for it (laughs) just i think think it might be a better idea you should have a kickstarter for it yeah i was gonna say how about how about we make this chris's directorial debut no ben is the producer Oh, I was oh, yeah. gonna have a Kickstarter. Go. I was gonna have a Kickstarter to raise money for a new computer and two <laughs> microphones and uh, whatever the um, fucking thing that I'm goes sorry. between. The uh, I believe and in order to make a movie, you need a new computer. Sure, I do. So sure. this is we'll how you get in. Kickstarter to pay for things. Sure, roll yeah. it in. It's all it's all little stepping stones on your on your on your self actualization journey. <laughs> yeah, which everyone's a part of. Uh, they're all witness. They're all gonna bear witness to my growth to my full potential. 
uh, Goose. Yeah. Tell me about eating horse, even though I was there. I know all about it. First of all, this looks more like a deadly cobra ready to strike out of my fucking glass. And I'm sorry. I did as, as, as no, well this as is I not, could. This is, no, this is like, look at that. Look at the cut here. He, you know, he's giving me tips. Like, oh, you've got a story. I hope you took hilarious s- pictures of this. <laughs> I didn't actually take any pro, uh, pictures of the process. But anyway, uh, it's uh, it's... It really is biting back this drink. It is actually more like venom than a horse's neck. Really? But yeah, but it's good really? in a good way. Really? Um, well, yeah. Okay, so eating horse meat, like, so we, as I mentioned, we went. I took Ben to a, a restaurant in the neighborhood, or a neighboring neighborhood, um, and <laughs> as soon as we sat down, Ben noticed that there was uh, horse meat on the menu, and he said, "He's like." holy shit, we're going to eat horse meat. This is fucking illegal in New York. You know, he just, that's it. So it's one of the things we're going to eat is horse meat. And I, I'm not, this is the only time I would never order horse meat. I just wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't even cross my mind. Uh, and, but I'm, why I'm, not? Why? But why? Uh, well, I, I don't know. It is. It's, I know it's, it's it, the I explanation like is not, it's food. unsatisfactory. I mean, like you took me to a good samosa place and mm-hmm. like you, I mean, I like good food. I do. But when it comes to like organs and uh, yeah. maybe things that aren't uh, like maybe like social norms, I guess, you know, like a horse, you know, I'll get to the reason why it was so conflicting. But I when when uh, we're eating it, you know, it just looks yeah. like uh, salami or pepperoni. So it's like really yeah, this like is a, thinly this is a cured, sliced cured, a cured meat. meat. Yeah. Ooh. Cured Spanish, horse? Yeah. Spanish style. Yeah, it was. Oh, uh, that sounds fantastic. Like melted in your mouth, and like I was just. Oh man, I was so detri- good. So I was transported so, to a. I was transported so to a wrong. field where like this beautiful animal was standing in the middle of the field, and we just hacked it up and and <laughs> ate the delicious <laughs> hind in legs. Blood. <laughs> so so like every time I go to like a county fair or a like petting zoo or anything, the only thing that I do is I walk around, I look every single animal in the eye, I point at its face and say, oh. I want to eat you, no. I want to eat you, <laughs> I want to eat you. So you're a farm boy, you grew up like... No, I grew up on a vegetable farm. Oh, well then... Not, not, not around animals, I just love eating things, and I've so always wanted to try to eat horse. I mean, Sam, I've, I've, up on I've, a I've had, farm I've had kangaroo. Uh. Kangar- <laughs> kangaroo? Who hasn't? No. I've had fucking kangaroo. Yeah, you've had kangaroo? You've and, had kangaroo, honestly? Yeah. Yeah, antelope, wild boar. I mean, there's all kinds of fun things out there to eat. Look, I here's, mean, the here's way what was ex- you got to do, Bowman. Here's here's Benjamin R. Harrison. Drop, drop some knowledge, Ben. Number one trick for living life to the fullest. Okay. Go into a restaurant that you know to be a good restaurant. Similarly, if you go into a bar that you know to be a good bar, or a movie theater that you know to be a good movie theater, yeah. and they have something on offer. That sounds preposterous. Well, if if you're if you are entering into a curated or or uh, you know known to be well executed experience, and something seems wrong, to turn your ship it. into the wind. Right. That's what I'm saying. Look, that's, you. That's, that's I know, where all the delicious is. Look, I, I the last time I was at this restaurant, I had never eaten octopus. I know. I don't. I'm not like I'm not like a big uh, seafood person. And I, I'm making it sound like I don't eat food, and I love food. I eat all kinds of food, um, but you do, and, you do, yeah, legitimately, and, yeah. And uh, you know, I had these octopus skewers, and they were like otherworldly. They tasted <laughs> so good. But then, you know, we go this time, and I see octopus on the menu. I'm like, uh, maybe not this time. And thank God, because they came, like the people next to us ordered octopus, and it came out like pretty much like 
you know, all the tentacles like splayed out. And, oh yeah. Yeah. No, oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah. No, <laughs> it I, really I'm is. not eating a, like a, I don't know what you even do with it. How do you eat the suction cups? <laughs> yes. You, yeah. I've, I've had like that. octopus uh, sashimi before. I mean, it's, it's a little bit know, more I'm, rubbery than like a fatty tuna or something like that. It sells a really good flavor. Yeah, well, I don't, uh, you know, look, I, I, I'm on the, uh, I'm in the minority here. I know I am, but uh, there are just certain things, well, and now, it is, now, it is a mental. You know how I felt when I was driving around with you and Chuck Bryant, and he was telling us about how he doesn't like eating yummy food either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I was a vegetarian for six years, and I think that maybe is why I have an aversion to certain animals. And yeah. uh, I was a vegetarian for a long time as well. Yeah, well, then, okay, there's, not, there goes that. Not idea. me. I want to eat all of the Well, you have a vegetable farm. Time. You've done your time. You make <laughs> hey, vegetables. Hey, I, for... I actually have things against eating vegetables. They have feelings. I have seen them. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. They hurt when you pick them. Listen, listen. Okay, look. And, and I'm sure Sam's not going to appreciate this, but if anybody runs into Sam, look, I, I don't want to. I'm going to throw this on you, Sam. And uh, maybe it's got nothing to do with your, po- uh, your Kickstarter but, or your podcast. But if you want to know anything about apples... Donate money, and Sam will answer any Apple question you have. Um, oh, that is that is such a specific reference for such a small group sure, of people. Sure, but Sam is an, an, Apple, an Apple expert. Okay, that's all you need to know. Um, ben, how about uh, how about this uh, table repair? Yeah. Um, well, I uh, I was uh, we moved recently. This is actually the first show we're recording from my new. From my new place. It sounds um, different. Yeah. It sounds new. It's uh there's not many things in here yet, so it's a little bit boomy for which I apologize. But uh yeah, my uh my dad happened to swing through town for like eight hours and unfortunately I was on a conference call for three and a half of those. <laughs> and then the other the other four four and a half you spent fixing a table. <laughs> yeah. Well so Thanks, I was dad. on this conference call just feeling awful because my dad had like just got there when I had to start the call. And um I like my dad is a guy that appreciates having a project. So I uh I started him I started him off on looking at this at this table at which I now sit, uh, which is, uh, it used to be like a prep table in a, in a restaurant kitchen. I bought it secondhand at a restaurant supply shop. So it's like a butcher block with kind of industrial looking steel legs and uh, stainless steel shelf on the bottom. Um, and uh, I, when I was moving, it's, this thing is like super, super heavy and it's just, you know, it's all bolted together and the uh the guys that i had uh the you know the movers were like take this apart and uh, you know it's much easier to put in back of van and so <laughs> i i uh i flipped it over and i like got the top off real easy and then i was trying to remove the legs from the lower shelf and like so many years of like hoisin sauce and whatever <laughs> else had fallen on the bolts that uh connect the legs to the shelf that they just like they were like slot slot screw uh bolts and uh one of them was like completely full of rust the slot so <laughs> i i uh, i started to get one of the legs off and the bolt just snapped inside the inside the leg and oh, wow. uh i was like jesus this That's is a- like the only cool piece of furniture i really own and i just i just destroyed it <laughs> and i was like i like i knew in my mind that i could repair it but mm-hmm. it was, i'm not a hassle you know i i uh 
I don't have like that many handy skills at my at my fingertips. My father uh, used to be a a contractor, so he's actually good at doing things. And um, so uh, he started goofing around with it, and it it really did turn out to be a two man job. When I got off the phone, like we we were like down on the floor, like him working the the crescent wrench and me working the the uh, you know the uh, vice grips on the other side like trying to get all these bolts out so that we could just replace them with nice fresh unrusted bolts and uh it was it was kind of a weird visit you know if my mom had been here she would have been completely pissed (laughs) but uh uh i don't know it was like a good thing for me and my dad to do together just yeah we kind of like talked through the problem and you know, at a certain point, we were, like, about to give up, and I was like, what if we flip it this way so there's less weight shearing on the bolt, and, you know, and and uh, and we got it done. We fixed it. Attacked it, from, uh, uh, it looks It looks better than ever now. You attacked it from multiple angles. I like that. Yeah. Two brains. So, uh, the leave it to me. I like it. Good. It's a, it's a good drink. I mean, really what I'm learning from all of this, I mean, other than, yes, you should work things, work through things with family and all that, whatever, uh, is that hoisin sauce apparently eats through steel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very corrosive. Uh, high acid content. Uh, speaking of uh, acid content, I think that there may be a little bit of an imbalance in the lemon juice to sugar ratio mm-hmm. in the recipe as printed. So I'm going to recommend anyone listening, if they want to try this one out, uh, up up the raspberry syrup to two bar spoons, not just one. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll, I think that'll yield a little bit nicer of a, a drink. Um, as we, as we've said on past episodes, we are a uh, tweak friendly show. So, you know, do make it your own, do whatever you yeah. think, you know, whatever, you make it to taste basically. Yeah. And we're also, you know, welcome users of crystal meth. Tweaker, <laughs> tweaker friendly. Yes, yeah. we are tweaker friendly. Show. Like with the with the Hummer, I mean, sure, just put some uh, coffee flavored ice cream in there, some chocolate flavored ice cream. Sure, really, oh, any ice snap. cream. Wow, and, and make yourself a full pitcher because well, I'm time. out, and all I want is like five more. Can I? Can I'm going to use this as a transition point into some of the history of this drink, uh, the Hummer. Um, so it was invented in Detroit. The reason I gave it to you it was uh, by a bartender oh. in Detroit uh, named Jerome Adams at a at the is Bayview. It named after the vehicle. No, it's uh, apparently named after um, the, th- the first three customers because he, he was filling the shoes. Just Jerome Adams was filling the shoes of the past bartender slash mix- mixologist who had worked there for 30 years and was retiring. And he was desperate to make a name for himself because everybody sure. wanted the drink made the way he used to make it, the uh, outgoing bartender. So he was desperate to make a name for himself and he was experimenting and, and came up with this drink. And uh, the first three people to sit down asked what it was and he explained that he had just invented it and they didn't have a name for it. And so it took them so long and, you know, it was the hemming and hawing and, you know, it came up with the Hummer. <laughs> um, but it got so popular. It, it was the Bayview Yacht Club. I don't know if it's, apparently it's still there. Uh, um, it's not a name that I'm familiar with, but well, now, you, now I you will research. look it up. Yeah, yeah, you can go. And apparently he's still... You got a new club to join there. So. Totally. Oh, yeah, I can really afford to join a yeah. yacht club. Everyone, back my Kickstarter, hey, please. If Kickstarter <laughs> comes through, you can. Uh, so basically, the people... That should be uh, one of your stretch goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They, uh, they're, they're a, a well-traveled bunch. So they, they like the drink so much at the Bayview Yacht Club that they asked for it, you know, in Australia and, and uh, in England and in France and 
different places that they would end up. And the, you know, pre-internet days, it would, it would result in a phone call back to Detroit and, you know, they would have to give them the uh, recipe themselves over the phone. So, um, um, yes, yeah, so the recipes change. Chris, what would it sound like if a Scottish person called to get the recipe? <laughs> hey, see you. You've got the hammer. I don't know what the hammer is. Tell me what the, what's the hammer. Oh, that is a thousand times better in person. So, um, so apparently they they changed the recipe over the years to, to cut costs. So instead of ice cream, they used heavy cream or cream and. Uh, I just one thing I found interesting was that he he mentions like it was in an article from a Detroit paper and uh, he talks about the original cost of like drinks in back in 1968 and uh, he says that it only cost 75 cents for one of these back then and uh, a scotch and water would cost you 90 cents and uh, hello most drinks like most spender yeah most mixed drinks were 50 cents and a glass of beer was 15 cents which I find incredible. I just love the price of things back, yeah. you know, in old times. Um, that, was, uh, that was back when strippers were getting pennies thrown at them. <laughs> oh, this is why we need the female balance in this show, because we've talked about fucking <laughs> yep. shit and boners and fucking terrible stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, but apparently he still comes up to Toronto and, and places around the Great Lakes and makes these drinks himself. So, Sam, oh. I, I, I challenge you... If you can to go to the Bayview Yacht Club and see if, if Jerome Adams still works there, and if uh, if so, yeah, give us a field report. Yeah, get him to make you one of these. Oh, well, I was gonna say, if so, do you want me to like grab my portable recorder and do an interview? Oh, sh- well, we've got a we've got a we've got a correspondent all of a sudden. I love it. Yes, <laughs> I love it. it. Yeah. Sam? We've been over we've been over simple syrup a million times on this show. It feels we like. have. Well, we, you know, not not uh, it's not well trodden, but it's been spoken about. Yeah, I want to get into some technology that I've recently discovered. Simple syrup technology. Yes. Okay. Sugar is a preservative in certain circumstances. Uh, Rose's lime juice is a cordial, mm-hmm. uh, where they're using sugar to stabilize, you know, what would otherwise just be fresh juice. Uh, so that it lasts a little bit longer on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is not a perfect preservative because mold and bacteria like to eat sugar. Um, so I've been, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy that wants to make some simple syrup in large abundance and then leave it in the fridge and, you know, not have to sweat it for uh, a while. And I recently learned a little trick that uh, it greatly extends the life of your simple syrup. Hmm. And then in, in researching that trick, I learned another trick that also extends the life of your simple syrup and also causes you to have to use less of it in an instance so you can make a smaller amount and it'll last you longer. Wow, okay. Would you like to learn these tricks, Chris? You know, first of all, I just love that you're, you never stop learning, Ben. You're a I never. I'm, I have a love I, of lifelong learning. I like. I like to think I have the same thing, uh, but uh, I, you make me feel like I'm not trying hard enough. You so do. Please, please. Don't. I want to. I want you to share your knowledge. The website that I happened upon uh, at the bottom of of this rabbit hole is called alkademics.com, <laughs> which I really like. Awesome. That's great. Uh, so this guy uh, did some some uh some controlled 
trials of different versions of simple syrup to see which lasted the longest. And so the, the first innovation, the one that set me off on this, is put a jigger of vodka in your simple syrup when you make it, and the alcohol will serve to mm. preserve it. Huh. The other thing that this guy discovered is if you double up the amount of sugar uh, in your ratio, so if you go two parts sugar to one part water and add the vodka, oh, man, your simple syrup is going to last freaking forever <laughs> so he did like he did like a one-to-one simple syrup with no vodka a one-to-one simple syrup plus a tablespoon of vodka he did two to one uh sugar to water rich simple syrup and then he did two to one with vodka and if you do two to one without the vodka it'll last six months in the fridge whereas one to one will last one month but if you do two to one with the vodka, it'll last like a year. So, interesting. Yeah. How did he have that much space in his fridge for that long? I love this guy. That's that's <laughs> what I love about him. Um, yeah. So I mean, like for example, the drink I had today, the uh, Leave It to Me. Um, it called for raspberry syrup. So what I did was I took you know I took like basically a handful of raspberries. I muddled them up. I did half a cup of sugar, half a cup of water and put it in a in a pan on the stove until it was all like pretty well dissolved and i i left it for you know five or ten minutes just simmering just mm-hmm. to get as much raspberry out of the raspberries as i could uh and then i strained it into a jar and i added like a tablespoon of i didn't have vodka i don't keep vodka in the house usually but i added a tablespoon of white rum because that seemed like probably the most neutral flavor that i could add and uh, you can't taste the rum in there, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see how long the this lasts. But I think it'll probably last a long time. Interesting. I I, I do apologize for uh, how many times I said "huh" into the microphone because <laughs> it was kind of, all it was all very interesting, and I couldn't help but vocalize my brain. Yeah. Uh, the synapses firing in my brain. I uh, mean, I I you know aspire to one day being as big a nerd as this guy that did this for real. Right. But uh, for now, I'm really glad that people are posting nonsense like this on the internet. Uh, it, it, I mean, really, the thing that strikes me is like he was able to hold that in his fridge for a year. The amount of <laughs> yeah, without without his girlfriend going like, "What the fuck is this? Get rid of this! I got a I got a raw chicken. I need to get in um, here." In, in, just in my the, just situation, for the record, it could have been a boyfriend, and also it doesn't mean partners are always going to ride your gonna uh, chop your ass about shit. You're I, don't, doing. I don't mean to be heteronormative. Yeah, stop or, it! Stop and, it! And in my situation, it would be the person I just moved in with would have no problem with it because I'm the one who takes up all the fridge space. I have, oh. I have a need to have multiple watermelon in my fridge at all times. You're kind I, of a watermelon nerd. I have, You're I have the two, only watermelon nerd I've ever met, Sam. I have two yellows and one red in my fridge right now. I'm super excited to get home and, and eat them. Uh, and you know what? They're only four hours away. <laughs> Can't wait to get home. Yeah, and, and then I have two. I have I have two more outside of the fridge to go in the second any space frees up. So I, I just cannot functionally understand. Poor Jackie. How, Poor Jackie. <laughs> how anyone could have that much space in their fridge? Like I mean, well, you no, just fill it with fruit. You mean you, you just you, put more fruit in well, there, guys? Well, there's the thing. It's like you you can't understand, but if you take out. If you remove three fucking watermelons from your fridge, it frees up. A you ton basically of space. have an infinite amount of space for simple syrup at that point.
Samuel, how can people <laughs> find your Kickstarter? Uh, you can go to relprime.com uh, slash Kickstarter, R-E-L-P-R-I-M-E.com slash Kickstarter. Or you can just That's search true. Relatively Prime on the site. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the last series, and I uh, am really looking forward to the next series. So, uh, so and Pete, go Pete. go back, your boy Samuel Hansen. Please and, do. Uh, you know, and, you know, and then while you're on Kickstarter, you give Ben bucks, some money. Please back mine as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We have Ben. How could people find yours? And then if uh, no, but if somebody wants to just start one for me and <laughs> throw some money my way, do the same thing. Uh, sorry, Ben. How do you get to yours? Uh, if you search "shoot the moon" on Kickstarter. Okay. Uh, and Chris, just to dispel any any uh, ugly aspersions you might be casting, <laughs> I am not making any money off of this Kickstarter. We're spending no. all of this money on did you basically kid, getting the did, film into people's did, hands. So. Did you get from the from what I just said, the tone of what I just said? You thought I was <laughs> I was making a, some sort of a, a slight towards you making money? Did you? <laughs> Fuck that! Mm. I was not doing that. Oh, see, this is the yeah. thing. I, I know that I can't be sarcastic because people don't. It doesn't play with me. Like I, people just think I'm being an asshole. You, so. you mean the tone of your voice never changes, no matter how you talk? Yeah. What, what is it? Somebody was telling me like the uh, CT. No, uh, kids in the hall sketch. Like this is a great party. You know, it's like the sketches of the guys. Like, well, you don't have to be a jerk about it. But, uh, anyway. Um, also, keep an eye out for Ben's autobiography entitled Like So Many Years of Hoisin Sauce, the Benjamin R. Harrison story. Uh, yeah, we'll be kickstarting that next uh, at a theater near you. Uh, uh, you can also follow Samuel on Twitter. What's that handle? That is Samuel underscore Hansen. That's Hansen with an E-N, uh, as in Norwegian heritage and not Swedish. Uh, I love it. And uh, love it. you can follow Chris at crispy chicken and ben at benjamin r a h r also follow our show on twitter uh at drink about it go to our tumblr ldai.tumblr.com or and the show can, page let's drink and, about and, it. and you and you can you can follow uh the uh, shoot the moon documentary uh on twitter at is it at shoot the moon ben it's at shoot the moon doc. At, at shoot at the moon. Whoa, <laughs> never mind. Shoot, shoot at the moon. The moon doc. Never mind. At shoot at the shoot moon. Shoot the moon doc. Oh, yeah, this is what happens when I make two I drinks. I wish you could put the at just like in the middle of your Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> shoot at the moon doc. Yeah. I think you could uh, probably do at shoot at the moon doc. One, yeah. one, one last piece of advice is that uh, when you look at the photos from this week's uh, drinks, um, you never, ever serve the drink, the horse's neck, the way I have served it to myself. <laughs> I just never, I, ever do it because I, it looks I, like... I, no, 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 no. I want, I want to argue against this because I had a sip of it. And the size of the peel meant that the peel was pressing right up against my nose as I drank it. Which meant I got this great, great aroma of lemon as I was drinking the cocktail. And it was actually very palatable. I think there's probably a way to achieve that same result without <laughs> having without the having fucking world's like, biggest no, lemon. The, the, the one was actually covering both nostrils. Yeah, and that, I can <laughs> smell nothing but lemon. Right, you basically were drowning in a horse's neck. Well, uh, on that note, we'll be uh, back at you next week with... More life events and more cocktails that go perfectly with them. Uh, it's been emotional. It has been. It has <laughs> been.
All right, guys, I got to go, go back, back to, to work. being a ball of nerves and stress. I really wish that wasn't the truth. I, w- I wish that wasn't the case. Uh, ben, I mean, my I suggestion too. to you, go find someone else's podcast to be a guest on. It gives you a day off. <laughs> 